system of devotion and what it really means to be devotional in spiritual life. It's uh, understood to be not too Buddhist a word. A lot of people don't put the world of Buddhism and devotion together, but that's completely uh, a cultural bias because devotion really doesn't have to do with religion. It has to do with the quality of what do we give ourselves to. You can be devoted to getting the next high or devoted to feeding the hungry or devoted to liberation on all levels. Um, so, but there are narrow ways that our devotion gets entangled. We all know that. It's useful to realize that we all have kind of a layering of, of what matters to us. And a lot of times in daily life we get caught in these kind of habitual activities that are around narrow levels of devotion. Or we're devoted to getting certain jobs done or making a certain kind of impression or whatever. And a lot of what spiritual awakening's about is more and more frequently remembering what we're most deeply devoted to, remembering what we cherish. So for those of you that have come to class a lot, you'll notice that frequently at the beginning, as part of the meditation, there is that question, what is your aspiration for tonight, for life? And although it's this kind of grand question, it can be a real wake-up to just pause, whether it's when we first come in here, because this is a ritual to gather, or to pause before anything that you're doing or you want to really maximize presence, and ask that question, what really matters? How we live our life will determine what we pay attention to. You'll notice that if you're around certain people or read certain books or see certain kinds of movies, you know, the mind circles around some themes and it really is powerful what we choose to do and say and who we're around. I found myself reading some very different kinds of books in the last few months and uh, more recently I read a John O'Donohue book, uh, Eternal Echoes, which is one I really recommend to everyone. It's one of my favorite books of oh, the last couple of years. And reading it just brought alive the power of prayer. It really was, it got me really um, passionate about how we can be intentional and drop more deeply into what matters to us. And then I read another book which I really loved. It was a great read. Many, many of you probably have read this, which is Memoirs of a Geisha. How many read it? So I can see. It's a great read. It really is. It's a lot of fun. But it's interesting because as I was reading it, besides enjoying it and kind of feeling addicted, like I couldn't put it down, I kept thinking that I should go out and go shopping. <laughs> because it spends a lot of pages describing the aesthetics of dress, and I don't put a whole lot of effort into dress. So I started thinking, gosh, that's a whole world, you know. And I started wrapping around it and noticing that was the mood of that book. It's not a good-bad thing, but it becomes useful to realize how our environment 
is in some way dictating where we're paying attention. One writer says, tell me what a person's paying attention to and I'll tell you who they are. What we want is who we are. Meditation practice is a devotional practice. In meditation, there is a deep intention towards presence. There is a real devotedness, a giving of our attention and being to being here. Now, there's different flavors of practice. In a way, you can think of it like breathing in and breathing out. That part of meditation is cultivating a deep quality of listening. To really move through the day with a listening to our hearts and our minds and each other. To listen means that we can't be lost in thought forms. Thoughts aren't bad, but if we are living inside them, we can't listen. We miss out on a lot of life. So this breathing in, this receptivity of listening is one part of our training. Listening to the breath and to sounds, that listening and feeling into emotions and sensations. And then there's the breathing out, which is really kind of another word for prayer. It's the expression of what we touch. If we breathe in and feel our hearts moved, the breathing out is an expression of compassion. If we breathe in and feel longing, the breathing out is that prayer that surrounds our longing. So what I'd like to do tonight is explore this breathing out, prayerful dimension of meditation a little more. And I won't be actually talking so much. You've heard most of the talk already. What I'd like to do periodically, and we'll do this tonight, is have it be more experiential, where we get to do kind of a reflection or a meditation and and some sharing about it so we can really explore actively here. So it's in that spirit we'll do our first reflection. This is one that I do here maybe once a year, and I do with myself and with others much more frequently. Almost you can't do it too much. Uh, In this one, I'll be asking you to choose somebody to face, and we'll be doing this in dyads. So if you'll do that first without, you know, you don't have to go wandering around the room, but just find somebody and sit face-to-face with that person and without speaking, just, you know, friendly acknowledging, and then quiet again, and then I'll give you the rest of the instructions. You'll have to sit kind of knee to knee almost, fairly close, because you will be making sounds and hearing other people's sounds if you're not close enough. (laughs) Sounds like you're going to be singing to each other, doesn't it? (laughs) So close your eyes for a moment. Feel your breath, feel your body. One of you is going to be asking a question 
the other is going to be responding. The question will be the exact same question over and over and over again. Questioner, you're going to be saying, what do you want? Simply that, you can change your voice tone or the expression in your voice or face, but just what do you want and then listen carefully. We'll do this for a couple of minutes and then the person that's responding say anything that comes to mind. And your only job is to keep listening to your own heart, our body, our mind, and responding, just saying what comes to mind. Please keep going until you hear the sounding of the bell. So when you open your eyes, you'll be choosing who's going to question first and who's going to respond. Please do that now. Okay, again, once you've decided, take a deep breath. And this is, this is a real practice of questioner really listening and being present and respond or just staying with your body and your heart and being as genuine as you can. Please begin. The eyes are open.
just a little longer. <laughs> okay, now closing your eyes, just take a few full breaths, take a few full breaths, establishing mindfulness again in the quietness. And now for a few moments, you who were asking the question, if you'll just mirror back a little some of what you heard, it will only take a few moments for this. Okay, just what you heard, a bit of it. Please begin. Okay, summing it up now and then going back into quietness. Again, settling back, feeling your body, your heart. In a moment we'll be switching so that the person that was asking what do you want will now be hearing the question and responding. Opening your eyes, please begin.
last few moments. Okay, a few deep breaths, coming back into quietness. And then we'll take a few moments for the person that was listening to what was wanted to mirror back, to mention a few things that you heard that stood out to you. Please begin. Okay, summing it up, please. Okay, we're not quite done with this process, so before you start swiveling around, (laughs) if you will, we're going to do another little reflection, so please close your eyes, (laughs) take a few full breaths. moments of quietness, please reflect on what your sense of the deepest longing, the deepest what you wanted that was mentioned, what resonated as most real, most at the essence of your being. 
What do you most want? There may be more than one, maybe two or three that are related, and that's fine. Or you might not be sure, and that's fine too. But just to inquire, sensing what might be most precious to you, what you most long for, and then asking yourself, reflecting, what stops me? not being cognitive so much as just feeling intuitively into your body and your heart what gets in the way of what you long for. So that as you sit now quietly for the next few moments hold the realness of both your longing and the sense of what might get in the way. Let both be there. Just bringing mindfulness to the experience of holding both. And then for these last few moments, again to greet your partner and just share a little about what it's like to open to both longing and what might get in the way of longing. And the the next bell will be that you both have shared, so take turns just for a couple of minutes.
Okay, please finish up. And now, if you will, to please turn around. If we were smaller, we really would do a circle. I'd love for you to be able to see each other more. Um, I'd like to open it. Anybody that feels like you'd like to share what you noticed, what happened for you during that meditation? it was easier for you to ask and analyze than it was for you just to check in with your own heart and say, hmm, what, what do I want? I'm not sure if everyone could hear, but I think it's a wonderful sharing to be right at first. This is a very vulnerable exercise. And um, we're vulnerable about what we want. You know, we're, we're taught not to be needy and not want too much. And to then, often with a person we don't know, start genuinely saying, "Mm, what do I really want? What do I want? Is quite disclosing. So that's a very natural response, and I honor it, and we, can just, we just do as much as we can do. But it's, it's part of mindfulness to recognize that you got self-conscious, which is good. Thank you. Yeah. So her partner went first, and it's true, when somebody sets the tone, and if they set a tone in a very open, disclosing way, it's much safer. Yeah, thank you.
<laughs> Me too. You know? <laughs> so it's it's true though, and this is this method, which is called inquiry, and it's used in many spiritual traditions. Is just that that what first we have a very habitual, seasoned response to that has no real con- association to what matters. Gradually, our conscious mind stops fighting so much and stops being so habituated, and we drop into a more and more sincere place, which is the whole point of it. Yeah, very nice, thank you. Please. So he found his body moving kind of in a way getting aligned with what was really true. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So the mirroring really helped you connect with what was real for you. Beautiful. Yeah. By naming what you wanted, it actually connected you with what you wanted. Yeah. Again, that's, um, that is very much the power of prayer, that it connects us with what we're praying for. Yeah, please. This is really important, I hope you all heard it, that there's some tension around wanting. Um, Not only as children we're told, don't want too much, don't need this, don't be this way, don't be that way, but in the Buddhist tradition, there's a lot of confusion around wanting. There's a, a very quick kind of read that wanting is the cause of suffering, therefore the goal is to get rid of wanting, which isn't what the Buddha said. But that's, where we, that's the way we read it. So even as spiritual seekers, there can be this idea that to be a spiritual person, we're supposed to not experience longing or wanting. So thank you for bringing that up. And I'm going to talk about that a little more because I think it, it's so important, but I'm glad you brought that in. How about when you checked in with what felt to be the deepest longing and then the what stopped it. What did you notice then? Anyone?
So there can be, when we check in, a real dichotomy. It's been described as you know, either the wanting for pleasure and the not wanting of pain, or it can be the wanting for freedom and the wanting for safety, and that they seem different. I would encourage you to keep exploring that, you know, so that if those questions, getting in touch with what you want and then checking to see if there's anything getting in the way, actually gives you that quality of confidence or that perspective, just to keep following that track and see what happens. Okay? Yeah. Could you all hear that? That some of what stops her is actually has a real intelligence to it. It's protective, it shows boundaries, it paces things so that you don't get carried away in some ways. Yeah, there's a wisdom to the holding back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we can find that our wants circle around something that we really can't have and that it causes suffering to stay on that level if we want to control things. What if I said what my deepest longing is to never die? Big trouble, right? (laughs) So this is where the question brought up about, you know, why the Buddha described the entanglement that's possible with wanting mind. If our wanting mind hooks on to having things have to be a certain way, a certain unchanging state of mind, being in charge, if it hooks on to anything that's impermanent and by nature changes, we're going to suffer. So the practice of meditation and prayer is to allow us to bring mindfulness to where we're kind of glomming on to what inevitably has to change and so that we can drop into the places of deepest longing and deepest prayer. Now, let me ask you, for those of you that felt like you touched a place, a very profound, this is what matters, what did you come up with? A few, few things were already named. Connectedness was one word, and there's a lot of different words, but um, if anyone feels comfortable at sharing, I'd, I'd love to hear what you long for. 
Anyone? Just to say the name, words. Yes, please. I'm sorry? Freedom. Freedom. Thank you. Steadiness. Steadiness. Happiness. Love and be loved. Service. To treasure what you have. Emotional safety. To remember the interconnectedness of all things. Creativity. Freedom from physical pain. Balance and equanimity. Compassion and wisdom. It's a meditation. Just to listen to those. It's a meditation to get in touch with what we long for. I'm going to speak a little more about this practice of mindfulness of longing. And then we'll do another meditation together. The word desire... Latin root, desiderare. The word means to seize, to see, to sense the sense of absence and the desire to seek and find the absent one. So there's something that you see or know about that you temporarily can't see or feel connected to, and that desire is to reconnect. There's another related root, which I think is quite interesting, which is desidus, which means away from a star. That we are all born from the stars. And so when there's a state of desire, you are away from your star. We desire to come back into the intimate unity of belonging. Now, so many of the things that were said So many of the words had to do with belonging. When we feel belonging, we're free to be who we are completely. It's freedom. It's happiness. When there's belonging, there's a natural arising compassion because we're interconnected. Wisdom, because we see that interconnectedness. I'm not trying to impose a particular word because I think that whatever resonates for us is what carries us. But there is this quality of reconnecting, of sensing the star that we belong to and wanting to be back again in communion. When I am with you, writes Rumi, we stay up all night. When you're not here, I can't go to sleep. Praise God for these two insomnias and the difference between them. Longing and belonging. Desire is to reconnect to our wholeness. And when it's unmet, when there's severed belonging, there's suffering. And as the Buddha described it, when we get identified, when we hook our longing to anything less than wholeness, we continue suffering. It can't, our desire can't be fulfilled. Trauma severs a sense of belonging. If you look at what trauma is, 
in the deepest way, any trauma we've had, emotional or physical in our life, in some way makes us mistrust that we're okay and that we're belonging or a part of the whole. That is the greatest suffering. There's no freedom if we feel separate. Or all, all war and all violence comes out of that dis-ease of not belonging. I mean, it's hard for me to look at what happened in Colorado at that high school in any way other than sensing beings that were suffering enormously from feeling not belonging, so enormously that they were desensitized, cut off from feeling that others could suffer even. We cannot commit atrocities. We can't wound each other. We can't wound ourselves when we're feeling connectedness. So the pathway back, the pathway to connectedness, Pema Chodron describes it as communication. That meditation in a way is a communication. It's a listening, a very deep listening to what's true, breathing in, feeling what's true, And it's that mindful expression, breathing out, expressing what's real, what's there. We know in our personal life that when we're feeling right, when we're feeling aligned, it's because in some way we're connected with our bodies, with our hearts, with each other, with the earth. So spiritual practice is about reconnection. Now, I mentioned John O'Donohue earlier. I'd like to just read you a few things he's written about prayer. Prayer is the voice of longing. Prayer is the voice of longing. When you sit in prayer, the purest force of your own longing comes alive. It reaches outwards and inwards to unearth our ancient belonging. Prayer is the bridge between longing and belonging. The longing for God is already the very presence of God. Longing for belonging arises out of a divine and intimate connectedness with all of life. When we do a reflection, asking that question, what do you want? It's really a reflection to drop us into that deepest level of prayer, of longing, where the very experience, as one person said, of feeling our longing actually connects us with what we long for. You can't long for love without intuiting love. The longing arises out of the place that knows love. And by feeling it fully, By inhabiting longing, we rediscover belonging. Prayer is powerful. It can start off shallow and disconnected if we're feeling disembodied, if we're feeling small. Our biggest challenge is when we're in that place of feeling so alienated and so isolated and so small that our prayer feels entirely false. Every one of us knows that place. There are times we feel so cut off that there is no way to access a prayerful place. John O'Donohue again. 
Longing is always at its most intense in the experience of vulnerability. Yet it is the slow, difficult work of living out your vulnerability that holds you in the flow of life. It is great when we can learn to behold our vulnerability as one of the most important gates of blessings into the inner world. How, when we're feeling that small, alienated sense of self, crummy about ourselves, can we have the courage to stay with our being? As the Buddha sat through the night under the Bodhi tree, the biggest and most profound illumination for the Buddha came because simply he stayed. How can we stay with our being when we're feeling that small? That's the beginning of prayer, to just stay and feel awful and know that somewhere our intention is to connect. If there's even a seed of that intention, that seed of prayer will drop us deeper and deeper and deeper into the longing that bridges into belonging. Even the tiniest intention So even if it feels shallow, even if you feel with the metta meditation that you're just kind of mechanically repeating something, if your intention is to extend care, it plants the seed. There are different kinds of prayer. There's the kind of prayer that expresses longing. There's the kind of prayer that expresses appreciation. There's the kind of prayer that expresses longing by invoking what we most long for. And I'd like to close tonight with this this third kind of prayer, the prayer of invocation. So if you will, just sit up, please. Take some moments to, in the sitting up, find your ease, feeling the movement of the breath. Meeting your experience gently, you might feel that half smile of the Buddha that embraces this life with a quality of mercy, kindness. Another way to describe longing for belonging is longing for the beloved, to belong to what we cherish. Taking some moments to invoke whatever expression of the beloved is meaningful to you, some being that embodies what you cherish, a being that embodies compassion, wisdom, radiance, freedom. It can be a form that's human or just energetic, animal, mythic, 
old, young, some bodhisattva, awakened being, that in some way expresses the beloved for you. That energy, that wakefulness that you long to belong to, be held by, embody. Imagining as visually as you can a sense of the beloved. Sensing that form, that being, that image in front of you and up a bit in your visual field. And sensing radiant light emanating. Just the light of wakefulness of love, of wisdom. Sense the eyes of this being that see clearly and truly the heart which loves unconditionally. And now for a moment, relax open so that you can look through these eyes and feel through this heart Sensing your own small being, the one who longs, the one who fears, the one who is vulnerable. Behold your own being through these eyes and this heart. Surrounding the vulnerable one with expression of love, of care. See what you see. Offer what naturally you'd like to extend to the places in your being that are afraid, angry, sad. Sensing now from inside your body, mind, and heart what it's like to be held by the beloved, to receive, to receive compassion, the wisdom, the presence of unconditional loving. Allowing yourself to sense being the holder and the held, being the beloved and the vulnerability, the sense of belonging that holds all and the vulnerability and fear and tenderness 
that needs to be felt and included again and again and again. We chant the sound current of ah, the universal sound current of the heart, to express the experience of the beloved, of being holder and held. We'll be breathing in and then just chanting it with the exhale. When you're done with your exhale, just breathe in and start chanting again. We'll have a continuous sound current that way, and you can feel free to harmonize if you'd like. Ah, ah, Discover belonging, awaken to the natural freedom of our being. May all beings benefit from these moments of prayer, of reflection, of deep listening. <laughs> 